His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. And your love forever. Jesus, we just come to you tonight. Lord, we thank you for always just coming and being with us. Lord, we come to love on you, and you always come to love right back on us. So, Lord, we just tell you thank you. We love your presence. Lord, I'm asking that it would just come out clear tonight, the things that you've laid on my heart. and Lord, I'm just asking that you would anoint it. Okay, so tonight I have <laughs> fear. But I'm not talking about fear a ton. More or less talking about how I hate it. And um, <laughs> I had found myself in a place for a little while, last two or three months, where um, the Lord was taking me. I can't see my reading glasses. Where the Lord was taking me um, to places of greater healing. And I was thrilled for it. I still am thrilled for it. <laughs> um, but, you know, as you start going through things, some things you know are going to come up, and then some are just surprises. <laughs> and um, surprises aren't usually very fun. And so I start walking through these things and going through this stuff, and it's like all of a sudden it's like I have fear everywhere. My God, what is my problem? I mean, I have, this is probably the very first thing I ever started letting him deal with in my life, and we've been down here 20 years. I'm like, I still have this much fear in my life? And... Uh, it was disgusting to me. And so I'm telling Teresa, she's like, yeah, when you start going through and allowing the Lord to heal some of these deep places, she's, it's kind of like a detox. <laughs> like, oh, it feels like it. I got a lot of nasty junk coming out of me. <laughs> this is horrible. And so here I am in my middle, the middle of my spiritual detox. All this fear is showing up. And it's ridiculous. I mean, it's like so irrational. And I'm like, this is in every area of my life. I'm like, what is my problem? I'm going to end up with anxiety. I'm gonna, I mean, all these things that is starting to cause issues. And I'm just like, God, I hate this. I don't know how to get through this, but I hate this thing. And so I'm praying and David just keeps sticking out to me. David keeps sticking out to me. And I'm like, David, as a little boy, can run at Goliath after he's already chased down a bear and a lion and survived him for a sheep, I mean, for a little lamb. And he goes after Goliath without fear. I'm like, God, why was he able to do that? What did he have that I don't have? Because I want to run at fear like that. I don't want to be afraid of the Goliaths and the mountains in my life, that my destiny is, is through those things. My destiny is through these things. I don't want to be afraid of these things. God's with me, right? He's given me promises. What is my problem? Why can I not do this? And I felt like he just started showing me stuff with David. And it has to do with David's relationship with God. And, you know, we've all talked so much about <laughs> our identity, who are we, all these things. Well, when your relationship deepens and you start hearing God more, your identity comes through relationship. You start dealing with, with fear and not knowing the outcome and having to trust for things that hurt and are confusing and you don't understand. And your answers and your comfort are deeper in the relationship with Jesus. And so he started showing me this stuff. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a lot um, because 
I was seeing some things with a very simple story that I've read a million times that I've never seen before. Um, so let me, I write this down and I never follow it. <laughs> Okay, one of the things he was showing me, he says, you know, not only is fear sin, we know that, but nothing good comes from fear. You're never going to fear yourself into health. Um, health is an issue for me where I've had a lot of things, and so because it's not explainable or it can't get fixed, we can't figure it out, um, fear wants to throw itself up in my face, and <laughs> that's not very fun. I'm never going to get the health I desire or the health God wants me to have because I'm afraid. Nothing comes, nothing good ever comes through fear. Nothing. And so another one, he, you know, he was saying health comes from God. Partner with God and let him do it. And then another one he was showing me, and he's like, you're never going to fear or grip your finances into prosperity. You can hold on to them as tight as you want. You can do whatever you want. You can be terrified to spend money because, well, then you're not going to have it. What if your bank account's empty? That fear is never going to bring you into prosperity. Never. It will stop it. It will block it. And fear, you go back to health with fear. All these things that we're finding, you know, stress. Stress is a horrible thing. Fear is a horrible thing. If you want to be healthy, you can't even have those things. So they, they like block it and make you worse. <laughs> and so, you know, God, only God brings freedom and finances. He's the only one that brings wealth and riches and blessing. So you partner with him and you let him do it. It's easy to say. <laughs> you can say the right things and your head can know them. But it is not easy to walk. The walk is what he's been showing me is what comes in deeper relationship. And so, next page. So it's in the beginning, I started hearing relationship. And it's not that I didn't already have a relationship with the Lord. It's not that all of us here don't already have a relationship with the Lord. We've been taught that for years, we've been taught this. But it's even the songs we were singing tonight. He's calling us closer. He's calling us closer. He wants us to go deeper. There's always a deeper place with the Lord. Always. Always. I can't hardly fathom that. <laughs> you know, I'm going, God, all these things that you're doing in me right now, <laughs> all these trust issues and everything that we're facing, and I'm thinking, am I too young to be facing some of these things this big, this strong right now? <laughs> But God, if I trust you with my life right now, what am I going to have to fear and work through later? <laughs> Sorry, it's ridiculous. But no, it's not too big. No, you trust him now. You work through this now. Because later there's going to be something else where he's going to let you go deeper in him. I don't know what it is, but I'm not going to be afraid of it either. Because <laughs> I hate fear and I'm not. <laughs> so it's that place of intimacy. And he's always wanting a deeper place of intimacy. Our relationship with the Lord is our lifeline. That is it. And so I'm going to share a lot out of 1 Samuel. Um, in 1 Samuel 16, uh, Samuel is Samuel's getting ready to anoint David. I'm going to paraphrase a lot, too, because I think we all know this story pretty well. But um, Saul was king. Um, and Saul's lost the anointing. God's removed the anointing from Saul. So now it's time to anoint another king. And um, David is the one that gets anointed. Okay, so 
David wasn't even obviously Jesse's first choice. You know, he's looking at all these other sons thinking, oh, this must be, oh, this must be. No, 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 no. Oh, go get the son that's out with the sheep. And um, that was the one because, again, you know, God always looks at the heart. He always looks at the heart. David and him already had a relationship. No one else knew, but God and David did. And so here he comes. And an 11, First uh, Samuel 16, 11. He said, and he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? He says, they're still a youngest, Jesse answered, but he's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him, we'll not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him, he's the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Then Samuel left. So he was anointed. It wasn't public, but he had brothers there that knew the anointing was on him. So here, the thing, David, as a young boy, was anointed king. David just received a promise from the Lord that he was going to be king over Israel. And I had never seen that before. You know, the Lord gives us promises, and he's, you know, hold on to the promises. Here, David was given a promise of the kingdom of Israel. His brothers were there and could have supported him. We'll find out soon that they didn't. (laughs) But... It wasn't public. This is something that very few people knew. This is between David and this is between the Lord. And if David's going to walk in this, he's going to have to trust the Lord to bring this about and for the kingdom to not be lost. So um, so we go down to, we're still in 16, go down to where um, Saul ends up calling for David to come because Saul is being tormented. Um, by the Lord, because he's lost the anointing, and um, so he's he's dealing with depression, whatever else. He's he's being tormented, and so David comes in, and David is able to come and worship in front of him on the harp, and bring peace back to Saul. So David's getting a glimpse of the inside of the kingdom here that he's getting ready to have. I mean, it's, it's a few years down the road, but he's starting to get a glimpse of the inside of the kingdom. And so he, he receives favor with Saul, becomes an armor bearer, and all that stuff. So then they go into battle. We're in 17. And the Philistines gather the forces in the war. And the, so the Philistines and the Israelites, they go to war. Philistines want the Israelites. <laughs> they want to capture them. They want to make them their slaves. They want that land. So basically it's a war. Whoever wins is going to get the other, except it didn't really happen. So that's what's going on. So here's a war. Here, here's, here David is. He's been promised this kingdom. Now they're going to war, and they've got to try to save it. And so David already knows. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking he has to already know they're going to win this battle because God's already anointed me to be king over Israel. They're going to win. Philist, Philistines are not going to, to, get, to capture them because this is my kingdom. God's already told me. He's anointed me for this. So... He's holding, I, mean, I just keep thinking the whole time, he has this promise. Okay. Um, so we get down, and we all know how the story goes, and Goliath comes out. They don't actually go to war. They send out Goliath, and he comes out, and he's huge, and he's covered in all kinds of armor. I'm sure he's extremely intimidating because he had the entire army of the Israelites terrified. And he comes out, he mocks God in their face, and taunts them, for 40 days, (laughs) 40 days, that's a long time, day and night, he does this over and over and over in their face, wearing them down, and they're terrified, so 
David's running back and forth this whole time. He's, he's still doing sheep. He's still a shepherd. And he's running back and forth, bringing supplies to his brothers and stuff. And David, okay, let's see. Okay, I'm going to start reading here. Um, in 17, 12. It says, now David was the son of Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons. Saul's time was was old and well advanced in years. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to war. The first, Eliab, second, Abinab, (laughs) Shammah was the third, I don't know, I'm probably not saying those right. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Okay, so here's, these three oldest sons were there when David was, when David got anointed. For 40 days, the Philistines came forward every morning and evening, took a stand. So Jesse said to his son David, take these roasted grains and ten loaves of bread to your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along the cheeses and the, to the commander of their unit. See how, your brothers are, see how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. There was Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley fighting the Philistines. So in the early in the morning, David goes, loads everything up and heads out, reaches camp, does what he's supposed to. And then during this time, he reached the camp, and the army was going out to its battle positioning, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and greeted his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath the Philistine came out, did a shout in defiance, and David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear again. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The kings will give, the king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. So David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So they repeated to him what he'd been saying, and they told him that this is what would be done for him. So then Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men. He burned with anger and asked him, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? How conceited you are and how wicked your heart is that you came down only to watch the battle. Here is his brother that was there with him when he got the promise of king, to being a king. When he was anointed, his brother knew the promise on him. He saw him be anointed. He was there with him in the presence and all this stuff. And here his brother's mocking him. And I'm like, I'm seeing this. And I'm going, okay, Goliath is his battle. He's not even all the way facing face-to-face with Goliath yet. And the enemy is spewing these things at him. Who are you? You do nothing but ten sheep. Why in the world do you think you even deserve to be here at this battle? I mean, that's what he's doing. He's mad at him. I'm like, he is a brother. He knew the promise. He had an opportunity to step up and encourage him. He had an opportunity to be strong for him. He did not. And I saw that. I thought, man, Lord, help us. This is a side note, but, but help us. Seriously, as brothers and sisters, when we know each other's promises from the Lord, help us to be an encouragement to them and build them up to press in for the promises because he, Eliab, did not do that for David. But thank God it did not stop David because I saw that and I thought, here is his brother. 
He has to, he has to be thinking some of this stuff. I mean, that is a big point in David's life. You were there when Samuel anointed me. I mean, he was. So it would be like, what, why are you saying these things to me? And maybe just because he was used to it, because he was the youngest and he never had favor in the family. I don't, I don't know what it was. So maybe it rolled off his back because it was probably the same old talk from the enemy he was used to hearing all the time. And I know we all get that. It's the same old stuff of who do you think you are or you're being prideful or go do what you really should be doing or that type of stuff. And so, so I see that. And then, didn't stop David. So then he says, now what have I done? Can't I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied. So now here's the king replying. You're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy, and he has been a fighting man from his youth. So here's another one in his face. What are you thinking? You are crazy. You're going to take on this battle. You're going to die. He's the king saying this to him, pointing out. And the thing I saw, okay, so here his brother wants to point out, you're just a shepherd. Go tend to your couple sheep. And that's not even a big shepherd, a couple sheep. I mean, he's just like, he's ripping him. You're nobody. And so then here Saul is saying, you're just a little boy. What are you thinking? Yours is no place for you. They're calling out identities in him that are no longer his identity. That is not who God said he was. He might have been a shepherd and he might have been a boy, but he also had God with him, the God of Israel with him, and he had promises from God, and he was very mighty. And this was his fight because that was his kingdom that God had already promised him. I'm like... So David knew this stuff. David had to have a relationship with God because why in the world would he have not been deterred? And we know he had a relationship with God because we read all about it. So anyways, now I'm not losing my place. Um, David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it, and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. I struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And so I saw that. I thought, It wasn't like David, this bear, and this lion were just coming at David. David was a shepherd with integrity. He was doing his job to the utmost. A bear came in and snuck off with one of the sheep. (laughs) No way in my right mind am I chasing down a hungry bear (laughs) to go back and get that sheep. (laughs) David did. David knew, those are my sheep, this is my job. Bear, you don't have a right, and he went after it. And he killed it. He had victory again. And he did the same thing with a lion. I don't know which would be more intimidating. I'd be terrified of both. I'd be saying, well, hopefully that one fills him up and he doesn't come back. I mean, that's horrible, but I probably really would. And David didn't. And so David goes out there and to fight these enemies. And at this time, it's a bear and a lion. He doesn't have a gun. He's David out there by himself in, at nighttime, in the daytime. And you're not close to home. It's not like you can just run home and grab your dad and your brothers. He's out there with the Lord, and he can't shoot it from a distance. He, does, he has to be face-to-face with this thing. I mean, he grabs it by the hair, 
He's face to face with his enemy, and he kills it. And I'm like, as a shepherd boy, God was preparing everyday, normal David to be king. Everything he did through his normal, everyday life was preparing him for the battles to be able to be king. And so here he is looking at Goliath, just the same as he had looked at at the bear and the lion, and he's going to go kill him. And so Saul says, go and the Lord be with you. So Saul dressed David in his own tunic, puts a coat of armor on him. And we know, you know, Saul, Saul's putting him all this, all this fancy stuff all over him. Here, you're going to need this for help. You're going to need this for help. You're going to need this. For, you know, Saul's a big king. And you got little David boy. And I know he's probably not super young, but I, I didn't have the internet. So I'm not sure how old he was. But he was young. <laughs> I couldn't look it up. <laughs> but he's young. He's not near the size of the king. And so he's putting all this big, heavy stuff on him that David's not used to walking in, and he's not used to fighting in. And, and he says, no, this is too big. He can't walk with that stuff. It's not his. Those are not the weapons David fights with. David fights, honestly, with the Lord. That is his protection. That is all David's known. David, and he grabbed five stones. That's not much protection to me. <laughs> David fights with the Lord. David has faith, and David has trust in who his God is. And so he says... He says, I cannot go in these because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took a staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch, and put the sling in his hand and approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistines, there with his shield bearer in front of him, he kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And so because David has already been so close face-to-face with a lion, so close face-to-face with a bear, David's able to be so close to Goliath face-to-face and not tremble. He had fought fights before that had prepared him for this battle. David says to the Philistine, You come against me with the sword and the spear and the javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you've defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds in the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands." I love that because he was prophesying and he was declaring the victory that was getting ready to come and he was bold and I'm thinking here is a little boy up to this giant that is mocking and has got the whole professional army of the Israelites terrified and he's declaring the word of the Lord and the promises that the Lord has given him into the face of the enemy without fear. As the Philistine moves closer to attacking, David runs quickly towards the battle line to meet him. And that's the thing. I'm like, God, do a work in us to where we can run quickly to that battle line because we are not afraid. Let us see. And I loved it when Trent, when Trent was sharing during worship and being able to see through it to the other side. Let us see through the other side. He could see through Goliath. I'm telling you, he knew that that kingdom was his. He knew it was not the day for that kingdom to be sur- surrender and be captured, captured by the Philistines. It was his. He knew it. Let us see the promise through Goliath. 
So David does. He runs to him, reaches for his bag, takes out a stone. He slings it and hits him on the forehead, kills him, falls face down. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck him down and killed him. So then he goes to him, and we know he takes his sword, and he cuts his head off with his own sword. There's victory. And then after that, well, all of a sudden, the Israelites aren't scared anymore, so then they run after all the rest of the Philistines. <laughs> you know, like, oh, how many times have I been like that? <laughs> yes, good job. I'll come join you now. <laughs> yeah, I knew we were going to win. <laughs> like, I don't want to be that, though. And I'm like, I know it comes through a different place of relationship with the Lord. And David had it. One of the things that I saw, too, as I was reading, um, and David's telling Saul where, you know, I've already, I've already killed a lion. I've already killed a bear, and today I'm going to kill this Philistine. I think at that point, David was also reminding himself of the victories that the Lord had done for him, the goodness of the Lord. He's reminding himself who my God is. He's already saved me from this. He's already saved me from this, and he's going to save me from this one. And David did strengthen himself. I mean, we see it all throughout when we read about David, but I'm like, even here as a little boy, he was doing it. And he didn't have brothers and sisters there alongside of him to help him say, come on, yep, you got this. This is your fight. We're going to do this. You know, the Lord has Israel winning, and he didn't have that. But he strengthened himself in the Lord from past victories. And he's got those promises that he knew he had because I know it's because of relationship. He knew God. He knew his promises. He knew the relationship. He had faith and he was able to run at it. So I think Okay, so I just got a couple things here and it says you can trust God that he has prepared you for the battle you're facing today with what you've already walked through. Lean into a deeper place with him because he's with you. And this is this right here is one of the things that the Lord spoke to Teresa and she shared it here that the enemy was scared of us. And when she said that, that thing it just kept going back through my mind, going back through my mind. I'm like, he's scared of us. He's scared of us. And as I was pondering it, I heard the Lord ask me, So why are you scared of him? I'm like, huh, Lord. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then I asked the Lord to start speaking to me about who he says I am. Remind me, Lord, of the promises you've given me. If the enemy is scared of us, if the enemy is scared of me, remind me of who I am because I'm needed reminded. <laughs> because if he is scared of me, I should not be scared of him. If he is scared of me, it's because he knows that God is with me, and he knows he's already defeated. I should not be scared of him. And so those were just some of the things. It says he's good no matter what life looks like. Seeing his goodness on a greater level means going deeper in the relationship to know him more. And so let's keep diving into him. So <laughs> that's what I have. <laughs> Jesus, we just come to you tonight. And Lord, we thank you for being with us. 
Lord, we thank you that the enemy is scared of us. Lord, I thank you that you are removing fear from our midst. I thank you, Lord, that you are taking us deeper into places with you. Lord, thank you for taking us deeper. Thank you for speaking to us more. Thank you for calling out more of who we are, more of the destinies that we have. Thank you, Jesus, for doing this work in us. Lord, I do ask that you would remind us, remind us of the promises that you've given us. Remind us who we are, Jesus. At times when we feel weak, Lord, sometimes we need reminded of who we are. Lord, I'm asking you would speak to us and remind us of who we are in you. Lord, I know you're in us. And Lord, I also know. Lord, I just pray that as brothers and sisters, we can lift each other up this way because I know there are many times that brothers and sisters can call things out in you that are truth that sometimes you forget about or that you don't see very good. And so, Lord, I'm asking that even our brothers and sisters can help remind us who we are. Because, Lord, a lot of times it's easier for them to see that in us than for us to see it in ourselves. But, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Because you've given all of us wonderful testimonies. We all have testimonies of your goodness. We all have testimonies of your goodness because you are good and you have been good to us from the beginning. And so, Lord, I'm asking that you would remember those things. Help us to remember those things. Remind us of them. Lord, I thank you for future victories. Lord, I thank you for the Goliaths that we're going to run at and defeat. And I thank you, Lord, that we're going to be able to hit our destiny. Lord, if David had not run, David's destiny was through Goliath. He had to defeat Goliath. He could not let the Philistines take the kingdom. And Lord, he did it. Our, our, Our destinies are through these things. And so, Lord, I'm asking you would strengthen us to run at him without fear Make us a body that is strong and knows we're strong. Lord, I believe we're already strong. Help us know that we are. Help us know who we are in you, Jesus. Lord, we just love you. And we thank you for the good, good, good work that you are doing with us. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message.